Welcome to Who Put This On, Season 4, Episode 13, where we watch Blown Away, Season 1, Episode 1. I'm Chris Lorenz. This is James. This is Brian. Noah Singer. Chihoo, Max. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Yep. I guess we kind of started this before we really had anyone with a description up, but... I have something. Okay. Oh, hey, we also have description. the internet corner present. <laughs> we do, but we usually start with the description. We do. Our shit's not together. <laughs> today, Our no. shit's not together. <laughs> they, the contestants from the show compromise 10 glass blowers. Uh, the winner receives a $60,000 prize and an artist residency at the Corning Museum of Glass. The first season was filmed. Nah, whatever. No, this is not great. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> let me tell you what this show is. The show is a competition show between glass blowers. So they make art based on a theme. It gets judged. And then the winner or the loser gets kicked off. And maybe the winner wins something. Yeah. And there's an overall winner of the whole show. There you go. So it's a standard competition show. Um, on Netflix. On Netflix, yes. I, it, it's almost shocking how by the books it is. I don't know. Like, I think that they're kind of just banking on the like glass blowing aspect being unique. The glass and interesting. blowing is cool. It's yeah. very cool looking. I mean, just to go quick rundown of what happens this episode, so we can get to the minutia. Yeah, uh, is. So they intro all 10 people, 10 people, they all brought a photo with them. They have a competition where they have to make an art slash glass piece based on that photo. Then they all have their own <coughs> utility uh, tools. They create this art piece. We see them make it. Uh, some's better than others. Then the judges come in and judge them. And then there's a winner. It's like is very. There's nothing out there's of the There's also a loser. I was gonna say and a loser. They get judged. Yeah, loser goes home. And the show wraps up in thirty minutes. Yeah, it is a. It's an in and out show for sure. This is one of the tightest shows we've ever watched. Very tight. You know, on that front, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Like at some point, I was like, I'm not sure if I could do this. And then they just kind of stopped. They kind of stopped doing the like showing them making things, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, we get to see the end." Oh, that was that was kind of like yeah. I was about to be done, and they just kind of ended it. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." That definitely, I think the thirty twenty to thirty minutes that this thing is on is perfect. Yep, it is not overseeing its welcome like many 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 reality shows we watched. Um, so like, I don't know, like anyone have any minutia on like these 10 people as they come in? Like, I think we need to talk about the, uh, elephant in the room, which is there's apparently a real technical tool called the glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I learned that as well today. Yeah. So, oh. so that is one thing that the show does, right? Is they, they introduce a lot of the terms. They sort of explain things, but they don't do it in a very detailed or overly like overly extended descriptions it's like oh this term you're gonna hear people saying it here's the term here's the definition and we're moving on i feel like fortune fire does something similar mm -hmm. yeah do they go super in depth or are they just like this is it learn so it. so they'll go on. in depth like sometimes for like some of like the other techniques but like actually no not even in depth but like they'll cover it like more than they did there okay uh i mean the thing with fortune fires there's like six seasons of that show and as you watch it you kind of get more of the hang of the lingo and how things are, how people make things, because you just get to see a lot of it. Here, 
it's episode one. I don't really expect him to go like beat us over the head about how glass is made by the end of the like 10 episodes or whatever, not however many episodes there are probably have a much better idea than we have after the end of this one. Like um, they just have to like give you like a basic overview of like, there's a kneeling, there's like these other weird phrases. Was and, a punty? Uh, or yeah, a punty? Yeah. That, I think. So the punty is just whatever the glass is on. The glass is like attached to that. And then like, uh, they, which, which it's like some kind of rod essentially. So they can work the glass, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and then the, I think the, the other uh, the blowhole is yeah. something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, or guys, do we have to put the not safe for work thing on this one? What's wrong with blowhole? <laughs> <laughs> there was an orca, Chris. <laughs> there was an orca. It's true. Uh, yeah, I think that this provided enough with this episode. Just getting the terminology and yeah. having just a better idea of what the hell people are talking about. Presumably, if you kept watching, they'd explain more about technical details. Like, I have no idea what they were doing when they were, like, rotating it with, like, and had, like, a... They had, like, some sort of cloth around the glass. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I have... Yeah. I could guess what you're doing, but I have, like, no real idea what you're doing. Sure. So, like, I assume if you keep watching, you'll get... They'll get a little bit deeper because you don't have, like... You don't have to explain everything. You can explain one thing at a time. Yeah, there's a piece that I that I really there's like one line that really stuck out to me. I think that was either the host or somebody that was talking over the show, uh, and it was just saying how all of these artists are basically working with and against gravity and with and against heat. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is like that's really spot on. Yeah, like that's what exactly they're doing. Very very astute. Yeah, um, I guess after they enter the people. Mm-hmm. They have they introduced the challenge. Mm-hmm. So apparently they brought a photo with them. Some of the photos are like somebody surfing, somebody with their dog, somebody with their father. Somebody's first visit to Venice. Uh somebody with their like as a kid with their like baby sister. Yep. One's just like it's me in front of a mountain. <laughs> I felt so, yeah, he was like, I felt so small. Yeah. Uh, and it was like supposed to represent them or something? Yeah. It was supposed think, yeah. to be like an emotional moment in their lives or something. Right. Uh, One's a guy scuba diving. Oh, is it? I don't even yeah. remember seeing that one. Yeah, yeah, Was that the, he, the guy, he said he has, he has two passions, and so it was glass blowing and scuba diving. Yeah, well, like, don't the, e- as maybe you're already hearing, the downside of a half-hour show that has a lot of technical detail is you rarely get to understand the characters. Um, it's like these are people passing through the night, and it's hard to then remember who does what and for what reasons. They ran through the names so fast, but everybody seemed to know like one another. They knew, all knew like the guest hosts. Hmm. Some of them said, "Hey, I recognize that person from like other competitions, or they're famous for like some other piece." Well, here's a question I have: Is legitimately, I don't know. I don't know anything about glass blowing, as you might have already uh, put together. Uh, but how many like glass blowers are there? Like, is that, I don't even know, like, how big of a community is this? How many people are going to school? I got, I can't imagine it's massive. But pretty, anyone... s- pretty small. What, what's, like, how would you quantify pretty small? Like, are we talking thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds? I would like, say, what are we talking? I would say, in America, tens of thousands is my guess. That's fair. Yeah. Can we have, 
Like none of us can give any idea. Me, me. But yeah. this sort of sounds like a challenge. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> the internet corner has accepted this is the challenge. Like, oh no my way. god! There he goes. <laughs> Thank you. Doing doing the dirty I, work. I think if you're looking at like the highest level of glass blowing, there's everyone you'll see in the show is going to be very well known to the contestants. Okay, so people know each other. So like, like Brian's point. I, I yeah. especially at the highest level. Like, there's people in here that are, like, have 30 years of experience. Yep. Like, some of the people, the other contestants might even have known them if they've been doing it for long enough. Like, you might have a, like, a, I think you have a distinctive style when you're kind of doing this. So, um, it'll be easy to make your name known, right? It's like a director's name. Like, oh, this is a director. Like, this is his style. But instead of somebody releasing, like, one every three years, they can release, like, one every, like, couple months or, like, month or whatever. They'll have, like, a store probably where they make, like, more generic stuff to actually sell. But, like, gener- like real art pieces, like, they're, like, real artists. So, like, if you go to any art circle, I'm sure there's, like, a high le- a top level people know. Okay. The other question I have. Mm-hmm. Is so you know glass takes many shapes and forms. Obviously, is you know it can be crafted into this art. Is is like generally this is how all glass pieces are made? Yes. Yeah. Or is it just like the artsy stuff? No. So all pieces are made this way. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, but I assume not like like windshields and like tabletop glasses and things. Like you're not rolling um, down these pint pints or whatever. Right? Yeah, that might just be like flattened or something. But that's a that's a good call. Uh, yeah, I, it, those those aren't really blown. Those are going to be done in a different way, like in a more Probably mechanical process. Yeah, I assume much more like mechanized and but like it's, streamlined. It's right? still the same thing. Technique, they, yeah, they right. have. They'll heat up sand. They put it. They'll just probably do more of a mold casting. Yeah. And if but if you see like a a vase or something, it's mm-hmm. probably like who knows? Maybe low. maybe they just have. Like a better like if there's a way to cast glass, I'm sure that's what all process. Stuff like does. I think even like beer bottles are done sort of like this with a mold, but like yeah, mm. like definitely a more like manufacturing style process. But yeah, like, right. It's probably not somebody manually blowing the beer bottles. It's probably like a machine that puts a little <laughs> yeah. bit of air rolls yeah. around yeah, for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. all right, we're done. Yeah, we got to make another hundred thousand of these <laughs> by tomorrow. So let's get this thing going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll probably do more with them. Time, James, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that one part of that machine's making a hundred thousand in a day. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. But if you go to like a store like Chihuly in Seattle, if you buy anything there, it's definitely going to be hand blown. Probably, like, it's, you could probably tell uh, if it's hand blown or not. But like, you're not obviously you're going to have to pay for that because that's. You know, only one person can make one at a time. Getting that premium yeah. handcraft hand not, is it handcrafted or hand blown? Like what's the I term? Hand blown? I feel like it's hand handcrafted. <laughs> well, it's because it is handcrafted, but it's also blown. <laughs> so I don't know. But there's your hands are involved, so. right? But there's more than just hands involved. <laughs> yeah, like if you can't blow it, you can't do it. <laughs> All right. So the All judge. Right. Has... All right. Hold on. So the internet corner has an answer to how many glass blowers in the world. Okay. So, the Glass Craft and Bead Expo in Las Vegas has roughly 5,000 attendees. That doesn't answer the question at all. No, no, but this is like, I think, the best number. So, let's say that, let's say 
everyone in that conference can make glass of high range. Sure. Let's say the United States accounts for 10% of glass blowers, which again is probably very high percentage of many more countries. Sure. So let's say there's roughly 50,000 glass blowers in the world. What about all the glass blowers in the U.S. who don't like Las Vegas because it's a garbage city? But right. But that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like all the people at the conference are glass blowers, right? And like I'm assuming gl- gl- glass blowing, you have to be, you have a lot of like free leisure time. So probably more developed world than less developed world. Sure. So that's why let's say roughly 50,000 world, worldwide. There okay. you have it, guys. There you have it. We, there, we've there given you, you your estimate. There you go. Also, it's like an interview question. How many glass blowers in the world? <laughs> uh, <laughs> way to crush it, Mister Internet. Uh, also, Las Vegas, we love you. Don't listen to Max. <laughs> Sorry, Las Vegas. I last went to you three months before I turned twenty-one. <laughs> we really got to do a, a pod from Vegas. I feel like at some point that you lugging this thing to Vegas with We're you. We're lugging it, man. We're doing it. We're gonna get some of those Pelican cases. We're gonna throw the soundboard in there. It's gonna be great. All right, yeah. you're on it, Pelican. Can you send us a free uh, case for our soundboard? That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, so the two judges just are Catherine Gray, which is the judge for the whole season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Chris Taylor was the special judge for this episode. Does so, Adam Chris- Scott get any say in this? So oh, <laughs> Nick no. U-Haul. Nick U-Haul. <laughs> His name uh, is U-Haul. No. no, it's U-Haul. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. U-Haul, U-Haas. Yeah, he it's is. the same thing. But I got to bring it back to the internet corner. He is not a first-time host. Oh, what else has he done? Yeah, so Tell me Nick about U-Haz. Adam Scott. <laughs> Nick U-Haul popular for Smosh Lab, Science Mysteries Revealed, and Fab Lab. What? He's also a former Big Brother contestant. Yeah, he's also a former guest on Big Brother. So he is a he used to be a social media influencer turned host. Yeah. I think he's a current yeah. social media influencer. I mean, he's just doing science stuff on YouTube. Oh. Oh god. That's what Smosh Lab is. It's like <laughs> science for children. But <laughs> No, he, seriously. He's not that big. He's got 50,000 Instagram followers, 15,000 Facebook followers. I mean, if you can't tell he, the host looks like Adam Scott. I don't we, think he does, but sure. He's we'll throw white. it up. We got to put it on the. Uh, on he's the a Facebook. white guy with hair. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why people keep calling him no, Adam Scott <laughs> for the people listening to the podcast. He's got the scruff. He's got the you know the chin. He's got that weird a little bit of count look going on. You know. <laughs> I got a good kick out of like you know. Uh, so the people start glowing their blasts, and Nick goes up to the two uh, judges and is like. So uh, what's glass blowing? <laughs> like, imagine if you're on final table and one of the ju- the hosts like, so what's food? <laughs> <laughs> what's cooking? <laughs> what's cooking? Uh, he's supposed oh. to be the uh, audience surrogate, but like, who the hell would ask what glass blowing is? Obviously, like, you're a- <sighs> like, a we see the photo when you click on the thing, so it's not like you're switching to a channel and this is just popping on, like. You've clicked on it. You kind of hear this thing glass blowing. Oh, okay. It's like you making glass. But that, they didn't even really explain the blowing part. But to be, to be fair, the answer to their question, which seemed like, what's glass blowing, was pretty good. Like, yeah, it's sand for the most part. That well, that's the answer together. of what glass is, not what glass blowing is. Oh, I, no. He well, may have said what is answer. glass. In any yeah. case. Oh, he did say what is glass. Yeah. Right. In any case. Anyway, uh, so the challenge... The judges were looking for something surprising and challenging slash see and hear your voice. So, like, it's kind of a weird nebulous 
way to explain what you wanted. Like, just like, okay, does that mean like technical challenge? Is there specific points for that? Specific is it art piece? Like, or, like it's very hard to like nail down what you're actually looking for with that. But when I guess when you have ten people, it really doesn't matter. If you're doing like three three people, like that's just like going to be a real hard thing to judge. Like there has to be like one yeah. third technical, one third art piece, one third whatever or something. Like it'd be difficult to judge with a very few mean amount of like entrance. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I think one of the things that's interesting here is they don't really go into detail of the judging. They sort of do a, you know, a walkthrough. They look at all the pieces in the final, you know, all white room with all of the glass pieces on these like, you know, artsy looking stands. Uh, and they sort of just get like a quick 30 second or something, uh, probably less like big, you know, quick beat on it. Uh, and then that's it. Like you don't really know where people stand in terms of like a stack rank because uh, in the end you only get the winner and the loser. Uh, and spoiler, the loser is the one that broke his glass. <laughs> yeah. I, I do disagree, though, that I think the more contestants you have, the the more the criteria matters because there's going to be less variance like no, between I, I each. Think the like less if you stack people... ranked, right? Where if you have three, there's going to be more variance because there's not that not as many entries. But if you get three people and they all have like this amazing art piece, how do you determine who wins? You have to get without more without there. like a without more of a breakdown of what you're actually looking for. Yeah, and I, I just think it's harder with with the more bec- with the more entries, right? The more the more yeah. entries, there's like. Oh well, this one's clearly these three are like clearly great pieces of art, and these three aren't, and this one fucking broke. Like, <laughs> right? But they like, only chose one. That, that's what I mean, right? Like, they only chose one. So let's say you're grading it on the technical, the meaning, and whatever else, <laughs> right? Like, you need to have clear uh, definitions because there's more that are going to be like strong on one aspect than weak or not. The, on another, yeah, but, but I think, like to Chris's point here, I, I think I agree with him, which is the fewer the people, the fewer the entries, the more granular and detailed you have to be in the differences because there's only three pieces, right, in, in one format versus 10, where it doesn't really matter the difference between second and third. You're just trying to say which one's the best and which one's the worst. And so you don't need as much of a fine grain uh, criteria there. Uh, it's actually one of my things with the show, which is going to be the feedback, which is. The, the the format I'm not in love with, and I would actually much prefer like the format of Barbecue Pitmasters, where you get three people and like you see more of them just focused on it, and mm. then it's next show three new people, and then it works it through a, a bracket system. Like I just kind of personally mm. like that format better. Not every show can be Barbecue Pitmasters presented by Kingsford. <laughs> I, I mean that is true. It's, it's Kingston. Whatever. Sean Kingston. <laughs> Kingston's got a new summer charcoal uh, uh, lineup flavor. Yeah, it's just a uh, taste of summer. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. This is, uh, wait, Kingston? <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke. Go back and listen to uh, yeah, Barbecue Pitmasters episode. Oh, uh, the pit. The, the, the yeah, I, I do agree with you, James, that when you're watching sh- a show with real experts, you want to see how they go about their craft. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that in the subsequent episodes, they start whittling it down such that you could really get into the craft. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fair point. Like, you know, if they continue with the knocking a person off every episode, by the time you get to the final four, it's going to be, you know, much more detail, I'd have to imagine, on those people. 
it is definitely one of the things that I think we run into with these kind of shows is they 10 people plus two judges plus a host in like 25 minutes. Like you just don't know anyone or ha- care about anyone really. So like you have to really be invested in this glass blowing thing, which I guess we'll talk about now is just like they go through and you get like these weird, just like short clips of shots of people kind of glass blowing like I, I don't even know what they're doing half the time like half the time they're like using some sort of tool to circle around the glass like grip the glass half the half of the shots are just them putting it in this furnace or what they would call a glory hole that's uh, right so like uh i think that like there's so much of a dearth of people that like it's just hard to even narrow it down to good shots and good content because you have to give some of them some shots, but then you're like, I don't even know what you're making. Like there was definitely some at the end. I'm like, they were making that. Like, I don't know. Like they, they definitely spread the airtime around pretty, pretty evenly. It seems, but like I had no idea what anyone was making until they revealed the shots at the end. Like it was like, they kind of showed some people's plans. They like drew on the chalk with chalk on the floor. And then it was just like, okay, this one guy at the end, you see that he had like, a blue silhouette of a person in some other glass and then bigger versions of that blue silhouette to signify his son growing up or something. I didn't get any of that while we were right. Like, I, I think the thing is, with, I have, I was surprised at that piece in it and he sort of described it verbally and I'm like, I guess I can picture it, but seeing the shots they showed of him crafting it, it was never obvious that that's what he was making. I had no idea what anyone was making except for, when somebody broke their shit and then had to start over. <laughs> yep. And then, like, somebody was, like, making a hand and, like, a globe. And that came out really well while they were making it. And there was a lot of shots of that. Because I feel like some of the other things were just, like, just not interesting to watch. Derivative. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. Once they whittle people down, go get more glass blowing time, it'll be a better show. I don't know uh, if I, that's the thing is I don't know if I want more glass blowing time. Sure. I was done by it because mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Well, you don't want to watch them necessarily glass blow without them describing why they're doing what they're doing. Maybe, like if somebody was explaining to me what they were doing while they were, while I was watching it, sure. Yeah, that would be better. Like it's, it wasn't the fact that I didn't know what they were doing is like, I didn't know what they were trying to do. Right. Like if right. all 10 of these people were like, okay, try to recreate this piece of glass and then I can watch them all try to do something. I know what they're trying to mm. do. Mm-hmm. That's way more entertaining than like, Hey, go make a piece of art. And you're like, and yeah. you just yeah. kind of like bug eyed. Like I am. It's, it's like watching 10 different painters go off and paint something different. And you don't really know quite what they're painting until they get to the finished product. Yeah. I think it's like the opposite of why you watch sports, like sports, you know exactly what you're trying to do. You know exactly how to fail and how to win, and it's not like this like nebulous kind of like oh, we're making something like there's just like a different <laughs> level of like entertainment. There. Well, I, I think this goes to the producers, right? You have like Pitmasters and Forge and Fire. They give constraints that are more specific on the competition, right? Like this ingredient or Forge and Fire, it's like recreate this type of But like, I mean, Forge and Fire is like, hey, go make a knife. And you're like, but but I know what it, not know. they do give constraints. 
in in the first challenge, half the time they say is, "Hey, just go make a knife." Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well they're like, uh, "Hey, go make a knife. We're gonna challenge it via these things." Mm. But like, to me, a knife is a knife, and like a different knife style is like, oh, okay, like there might be actual differences while you're making it. Not really. You're just like shaping a piece of steel. Whereas like when you're making a painting or a piece of art or something, like I need more context what you're trying to go for. And like more, I need like the podcast in the show to tell me what's going on. But do you think the show would be better? Let's say they gave (laughs) a more refined goal, right? Like make an animal. I think it would be, this show to me would be more entertaining if they were like, hey, go remake this art. Go remake this. I don't want some nebulous piece of artwork. I think it, it was like for that they showed maybe a little too much, but just enough. Like they, they can't do a 40 minute version of the show where they're like, Hey, go make a piece of art and we'll kind of watch you do it. Like it was kind of nice to see at the end, <coughs> but I didn't get a whole lot of a, an idea of how, why hard or any of those pieces really were other than like somebody fucked up. Yeah. I want to take a hard right. I want to talk about some fashion choices. Oh, so, yes. So, as we're watching the show, we start noticing this one lady is like sweating up a storm, and we're like, boy, it's real hot in there. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, they have about 10 furnaces at least going, and they have all these other tools with flamethrowers and things, all kinds of stuff going. Yeah. Uh, and it looks hot. People are dripping sweat. And then this yeah. one guy. Uh, 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 I thought you were going to take it. No, <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with that at all. No, they just cut to this one guy who has scissors taking off his jeans, he, turning he, them into jorts. They're <laughs> definitely, and long jorts, like below the knee jorts. You're like, why even bother? Right. You just gotta, take them off. You got to go to the short shorts. No, you definitely want to do just slightly below the knee. Yeah, but if you're take like, is he ever gonna wear those again? Probably. Yeah. No. Like above are, the knee jorts. He that's might. Some... He might wear them on the show again. Jorts. <laughs> I feel like instead you have to like sort of cheese grate or hole it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel like if you cut your jorts at a like a reasonable length, that you you might wear them again. But like the length that he cut them at, he's almost like a gangster. To like, so f- it looks like they're so much lower. What kind of gangsters you seen that I mean, wearing you know, this? Like really baggy shorts, like that, like they're really low. They were. I don't. Well, one, I don't think they were that baggy. I thought they were kind of. They were definitely not baggy. (laughs) (laughs) They were kind of like you know. I wouldn't say ultra tight, like skin tight jeans, but they were definitely like tighter jeans. They're just regular jeans, and they were you know hand cut with scissors. (laughs) I I really don't. I've never. I don't know. I don't know what kind of gangsters. I I think that like this being so like Forge and Fire has also had this problem. Had that problem while we were watching it in season four. This is season one, and there's ten. Glory Hall furnaces. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And like Forge of Fire only has like four. I'm not sure what the temperature difference is between like a Glory Hall and like a steel like knife making furnace. But they're still furnaces oh, yeah. no matter what. Uh, I figured out why it's called a Glory Hall. Explain it. Because you shouldn't stick your dick in it. <laughs> oh. But. Man, internet corner. <laughs> All right, uh, I, guess I love how you just tried to blame that joke on the internet corner, <laughs> which Noah clearly had nothing to do <laughs> the with. The internet it. is a clean, clean uh, space. So, like at the end, we see these ten finished products, 
one person's broke like 15 minutes before the end or something, like really close to the end where it was just like, shit happens. And we're like, well, that guy's getting off, kicked off. And he did. Like, they got an easy out on this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very easy. I was actually looking forward to that guy's piece because he was the um, surfing in the wave yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. photo guy. Oh. Uh, he seemed kind of interesting, and I was curious. He was like bringing in like the turquoise colors and whatnots. And I kind of feel like episode one should have been a bye week. Or, like, dude, out of, there's ten people. Dude. You gotta get. You gotta get some of the people nah, off the show. Like somehow. the first person kicked out is almost a bye week. Like, yeah, you can't have a, two episodes with ten people on. That's true. Like, That's it's true. just we're in and out. He can be on the next season. Like, That's true. It doesn't really matter. Uh, some of the other kind of cool pieces were like, I feel like the hand with the globe came out really well. Yeah. It was like a I hand was, sculpture with like just making kind of the okay gesture with yeah. the globe between the uh, pointer <laughs> finger and thumb. Yeah. Very, I, very interesting. I I thought that it came out really well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of all of the other pieces, I thought this one looked the most, like, well done, most impressive. But, like, obviously, I'm not in the room. I can't, like, walk around. So, like, the person that won also looked really intricate, and I don't know how hard that piece was to make. Clearly, it must have been harder. Or I can't even recall, like, how to describe the piece. Like, it was just like a... I don't know. It was a lacrimarium. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the... um, Technical even... difficulty was the guy put a picture behind a piece of glass with water in it, and then the water would emphasize the dog in this Oh, this was the dog photo guy. Because the dog was the uh, artist's best friend. And who had died. Who had died. And it seems like being able to actually execute that with glass <laughs> is incredibly difficult, which is why this guy won. Hmm. It definitely seemed like when they even they were making it, the only comment that really was made was like, oh, that looks really hard. That's like, I'm going to see, we'll have to see how that works out. And apparently worked out really well. So like, well, he'll have to be, he'll be a favorite going forward if he can like continue to overachieve and achieve that like overachievement. He was also called out in the beginning as someone who's well known in the glass world. Like, there's a few people that are like, yeah, they are the Wayne Gretzky's of glass. Yeah, that was the one thing is, like, we didn't really got into is, like, there's, like, when you're watching a cooking show, right, there's, like, the high, high level, like, you know, master chef, like, shows. Final and then, table. Yeah, final table, you know, Iron Chef, like, then you have your, like, basic basic shows yeah. like the great british bake-off where like it's just rain and fucking people and like you know whatever whatever that snoop cooking show was <laughs> snoop and martha, snoop and martha. yeah just Hot like luck. regular ass people just making regular ass dishes like what spectrum of glass blowers are we on here and i feel like we're definitely from like your basic beginners to kind of mid to almost high tier glass blowers here like I think it was the whole de- gamut because the community no. is so small. It was definitely mid to high. You think like, so? The there were some people in there that were like two years in. No, there's. I think the least was four years experience. There's I think in general it was like 10 show. years or more. I don't know. There uh, seems some pretty yeah. young people on the show. Yeah, but even the guy that was youngest, 22, when they showed his name on screen, they flashed 10 years of experience. He's blowing at 12. 
a lot of years of glass blowing. Man, he's ready to be a developer. He has like the 15 years of experience at 22. He really is. Uh, yeah. So like some of the other, any other interesting pieces to really talk about? Um, I believe the show takes place in Wyoming. Not uh, interesting minutia, interesting glass pieces at the end. I thought that was pretty interesting. There oh, is. The, not the that it's one. not interesting. <laughs> the interactive one. The interactive yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. So there was one piece, which is like a dual breath piece where two people would be on both sides of the piece and blow into it. One, and I this, think, yeah. Or shared breath. Shared yeah. breath. And God, why did they do that? It was just so weird. <laughs> it was like the thing was so simple, but then like it's just it's this interactive piece. It's so cool. It, it definitely was like we looked at it and it was like, well, that just looks like clear glass that you turn into a vase. Like, uh, like it didn't look very technically challenging at all. And then they just picked it up. It was a glass and, tube that you blow air into somebody else's mouth with. It was a glorified that, straw. There, <laughs> there was another one that was interesting. That was like uh, a curled tube from um, that you would see in a hospital, and uh, it was because of his uh, dad's like health ailments. And it was that was really cool. And they said that that, that piece was super uh, technically super hard. Make. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Cool. But yeah. the share the back to the shared bet though. <laughs> like, so the judges are like, "This is there's a note here, guys. There's it's this is an interactive, and they do it, and like." I can't imagine these people know each other that well. This no. just feels it, super awkward and weird to me. Oh, it definitely yeah. reminded me of like Lady and the Tramp. Like kind of, it's definitely it, a shared spaghetti kind of situation happening you, here. You know what? It's memorable. It's not derivative. <laughs> that yeah, as an art piece, that definitely works out better than like if you just like had a vase that like some of the other ones seem like more derivative kind of art pieces. That's like yeah, I I, I think the concept actually is super clever. The execution. Boring. not that great like it's just like one of those things where like if this was provided and like a where no one fucked up like is this one of the lower ranking ones because it's like it's an interesting art piece as an art piece but it's not a very interesting glass piece right so like this is like kind of where we were talking about earlier is like i don't know like if you've got less people like what how do you rank these people sure yep and then I think we got to at least touch on gift shop guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> or at least what the judges declare is oh. your piece is only looks like it's in a mass market gift shop or something. Which, to be fair, it did. Yeah. So yeah. this was the like some kind of whale. I don't it's know. Like what orca. Kind of orca. Yeah. And I don't know. It looked like an orca. I didn't think it looked terrible at first, but I guess they kind of chewed him on just it not being very technical or very exquisite. The one he was making before looked pretty great. And then he oh, was this it. a redo? Yeah, yeah this is uh, a redo. Okay. He broke his like original piece four hours in, so only had two hours left. Okay, I mean that explains that a bit. Yeah, yeah. that definitely explains why. And like he's lucky this was week one because like they definitely is, were picking on him. This is week two, or if no one fucked up, he was gone. Or one shared breath. What do you think? Oh, he was definitely gone. Like they didn't even like the shared breath thing would definitely get you past like a couple people. Yeah, they definitely they, didn't neg that one. I don't think really. Right? They, they also, loved it don't have like it didn't look great and it didn't look that great on tv but like who the hell knows how hard that shit was like i don't know yeah. like i maybe as they go further in maybe they'll explain like how hard some of the things are because like we don't really know like we saw them and like people are like people fucked up but we don't really know like one looked like it's just like a jumbled pile of like glass pieces and i was like i guess that's like art i don't know <laughs> If you don't know what it is, it's art. Yeah, it's in MoMA. It's fine. Don't worry about it. 
I uh, wish I remember who did it, but like there was also something cool where their piece snapped off early, but it didn't break. So oh, and yeah. they still had work to do. So then they just did this cool thing of hey, hey like let me put it back on the Peyton or whatever that was. The, and they they were successful. That yeah. was awesome. That yeah. Yeah, they put it back on the on, on the stick. Punty, punty, <laughs> punty. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. And, and she, I think that particular glass blower, she was uh, like declared as like a like expert recovery glass person mm. or something. Like basically, her like skill set is in recovering glass and like salvaging these oh, projects. Right. Well, I don't think that was her. She was. <laughs> she very, just said they said that. That's she what said she was for. very used to doing that. She didn't. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. that's like, hey, I broke this glass piece. Let me bring it to you. Oh, I don't I think. Don't I don't think that's like. Seemed like she was a cover. I don't know. Did they show how her piece came out? I have no fucking idea. No, I just don't remember it. They, that's the thing. Is like, there like, were so many things. Yeah, yeah. Are we like, gonna, are we yeah. good for ratings now? I think that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's much. Much. Unless Noah, do you want to talk about why this is in Wyoming? Yeah. So uh, one part of the show, not as crucial, but I'd say not minutia, is each artist had an, an assistant. To help them with the glass blowing, they kind of offhand say yeah, they're uh, from the something college. They're from Sheridan College. Sheridan College is in Sheridan, Wyoming. So I would assume they're not flying in people <laughs> to the show, uh, which is why I think the show takes place in Wyoming. Maybe there's some sort of tax benefit. There. Good, uh, good internet stock in there. I mean, I guess it was kind of interesting to know that glass blowing is not a one person job. It is a two-person job yeah. at all times, apparently. Even when you're in a like ten-person competition, there is still like ten other people that aren't really tangent. Like they're involved, but they have no real any airtime. Really, it's it's kind of weird that they're like not. You don't bring your assistant with you, Chris. The same thing happens in Barbecue Pitmasters presented oh, by Kingsford. Sometimes their assistants were on. But they also brought their assistance. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, were, this is a sticking were not point for me. Provided I, the assistance. Okay. So, like, it, I think it's weird that, like, you your thirty years experience, like, how experienced are your assistants usually? Like, do you bring? Like, clearly they're important, but not that important. Yeah. So, like, oh, that what was if, kind like, of a weird thing. What if, like, your assistant is the one that breaks your thing, like, with fifteen minutes left? That would fucking suck. Yeah. You fucked. That's why you gotta bring your own assistant, Max. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's ratings. Uh, James, I have a feeling I know what your rating is, so just give it. I'm curious what you think it is. Uh, I think it's you think it's gonna be lower. Anyways, I'm gonna put the show in the middle, surprisingly, okay. uh, but in the bottom of the middle. Uh, I will say that the show was surprisingly pleasant to watch uh, unexpectedly. Uh, this is not a topic that I particularly care for, really have any interest in. And to be honest, not that much interest in learning much about. Like, it's just, it's not an area for me. Uh, but with that said, the show is very well produced. Uh, it flows well. It's good that it's under a 30-minute slot. Um, and I would say from that angle, it's pretty decent. And so if you are somebody that's into this kind of area, at least at all, uh, you'll probably, I would think, like it. Um, so yeah, take that for there. Um, but yeah, I, one of the, the main sticking points is really the assistance I find weird. Um, and I would say that, like, the Pitmasters format and formula, I like a much preferred to this format, uh, both in the number of contestants and pyramid schemes and also the assistance uh, component. All right, James. Brian, what do you got for me? Solid middle. I think that 
it's not as interesting as Forge and Fire, and that's what they're clearly trying to play off of. But it's still some interesting stuff. I really want to just dive into the middle of the season and like get past. I want to learn more about this stuff versus just like sweeping through nine contestants. What do you got for me, Noah? I'm putting this in the top. Uh, I think the show has a lot of potential. I think the producers actually could do a better job at bringing out what's very good about the show, which is experts dealing in a craft that probably most people don't know about. Um, I am interested to see where the show goes. I will watch more of it. I think the one thing that I uh, would build off of James point, I think anyone into glass blowing will love this show. Because there's zero shows on glass blowing, so this is like their one thing to get. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to watch more and see where they go. What do you got for me, Max? Uh, middle third, top of the middle. I may come back later with an update on it being worse or better. I think it has a lot of potential later on. Um, I am very interested in glass blowing. Yeah, so it definitely ticked that for me. Uh, I'm going to also put this in the middle. I mean, I think that I've talked a lot negatively on this podcast about it, but in general, it was fine. Like there's obviously I'm nitpicking. I think I'm like more invested because I'm nitpicking because I think the show could be a lot better. Uh, I, I think that the 10 people, the like not enough. Yeah. I think the number of people is really my, the main detriment to this whole show. Like I want to know what they're doing, what they're trying to do. Do they fuck up? Like, I need to know. I'm just not invested. So, like, it could be just, like, a side content thing. But it wasn't, like, the show is offensively boring. Like, it gets in, gets out, doesn't overstay its welcome. Or it might be a bottom third because it really hasn't really caught my interest all that well. And I think glassblowing is an interesting topic. Like, seems really hard, seems, like, very delicate and seems like a six-hour build would be kind of interesting, but it's just, I don't know, it's kind of meh. So right in the middle is so your final? It's in the middle. It's the top third. It's middle third, sorry. Uh, so it's definitely worth a watch. And, you know, if, like, the end of the season is better, just, like, watch the last, like, half of the season might be the best outcome here because you cut the riffraff out and you cut the show down to what you really want to watch. So This reminds me, we need to watch Making It at some point. Sure. Add it to the queue. Okay. Put it in the queue. Uh, James. Yes, sir. Have you been watching more Instant Hotel? I ha- have. Who? I But I couldn't tell you the last episode. I have like you I met f- the second group of people? He has. He did last week. Uh, no, no, no. He hadn't no, you know, I Actually, I don't think I have. I think that we talked about it, and mm-hmm. I had watched the end of the first group. Yeah, and I saw that, and then I have not actually seen any more. But that is a good reminder that I will uh, return to. Yeah, that would be so. The, we've got no update for Instant Hotel. Then I'm sorry. I will. I have some <laughs> homework to do. I will get on that. Uh, so I finished the season of Married at First Sight that I was watching. Oh, did it get better? Uh, it stayed about. It was like I have a weird thing with this show. <laughs> I think it, again, it is entertaining but they drag and they have to make it seem like these people like so at the end there has to be tension whether they're going to stay together or not so Mm. then there's like there's a like towards the last half of the season they have to really start like peppering in like things to make that that tension be there 
whether instead of just like, oh, well, they're obviously going to be together, so like, let's just obviously show them together. And they're like, when they have to choose at the end, it's like, well, you know the answer. But that's just not how they, they like, this is not how the producers cut the show. And it really affects like how like interesting the show is, I think, because they like manufacture a lot of drama, whether it's there or not, mm. to make it seem like they're going to break up. Because, but then they're so they're just stay trying together. to keep you on the like the edge essentially, so you don't kind of know. Yeah. Or they're, so no, they're trying to actually manipulate it. They're trying to thing. manipulate it so that it looks like there's a lot more tension than I think there actually is. Right. I mean, there's definitely like a big decision that they're quote unquote big decision because they're married. They're like officially married. So like they could stay together after the show and just like, oh, well, I think it's kind of, it could work out. And then six months, like a couple months, be like, ah. It's just not, and like, let's get divorced. Like, you mm-hmm. get divorced at any point in time, but they make like a big deal at like this like three month mark to be like, okay, you gotta decide if you're gonna stay together or get divorced. I'm like, you, you can have decide any you decide that any day you want. Like, other than like you've signed up for this TV show, so like they're gonna be in your life for like ten weeks or whatever. No is is what. there part of being on the show that requires you to at least? stay physically together, maybe not like legally, but like physically together for the three months after the show? No. So I've seen three seasons of the show so Mm. far. So this last season, I watched season four. So somebody broke up right after the honeymoon, almost pretty much during the honeymoon. They kind of broke up and like they got back and the show had like this emergency thing where they were like, uh, do you want to, they brought in one of the judges and they were like, Yo, what's going on? Are we you guys gonna get divorced now or what? And they're like, yeah. And they dragged that out for a while, but they're not out of the show. That's so weird. They're like, they kept talking to the one guy. The guy was like, can't believe she just gave up like that. I can't believe it. I'm so depressed. Like, what's going on? And it's like him and his friends talking about like you met her. He met his mom. Like the woman was kind of like was not really in it that much, but she was still in it. Yeah, I think I remember you telling so me. So, like, yeah. this 10 weeks, you've signed a contract, you're going to be on the show for 10 weeks. Whether you get, whether you break up or not in the middle of that is definitely a little questionable. Um, hmm. One person, like, she moved out, but then she moved back in. Like, this, the guy, the guy yelled out in anger at some point that I'm not even attracted to you. So, she moved. She moved out because of it, and I'm like, "Oh man, that seems like that's Dunzo." Definitely. Yeah. Not Dunzo. Not Dunzo. What? The uh, the season ends with two people together, and the one person you know already done. So like, obviously they're not getting back together. Hmm. How does how how does this season sort of compare to others? Do you think? Are they all sort of similar, just different people? Is there like anything that really stands There's out? There's not really anything different. Like I think that the producing editing isn't great as I've been talking about, but like it is just like this nuts thing and kind of like is an interesting ordeal for these people to deal with. So it's definitely compelling television. I wish they would just like be tighter about it. Like I, it's like a 13 episode show and I'm just like halfway through. They're like manufacturing stuff, repeating stuff. I'm just like, why are you just, just wrap it up? Just like move it along like this show. Like we're moving it along. So are you going to keep watching it? Are you done? Every Take a once break, in a while, I'll watch a season. You know, it's like, okay. it's, it's it's just what happens. It was my for context. It was my number one show for like season one or whatever. So, mm. um, 
so I gotta add on. Um, this is gonna throw back a little bit. Uh, I did watch the second half of Instant Hotel season one. Yeah, well, James hasn't watched it. You can't. We can't talk about it. Just give us a good or not good. More of the same. Okay. I got. Okay. It. We'll we'll break it down in a future the episode. The only thing I'll add on. There's no 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 spoilers here. There are more reality show like hammers in the second group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Well, that's why I was hoping that he wa- like yeah. James had at least couple. met the second group of people so we could at least talk yeah, about it. Yeah. Should I just like fast forward to the second part? Uh, you might. You will like the second part more than the first part. Okay. But I wouldn't say the first part is like not watchable. Oh, wait, Chris, did you watch the second part? Yeah. Oh. We're going to talk about it at a future time. All right, yeah, moving on. Okay, uh, okay. I have a surprising update. I watched more Selling Sunset. Nah, just yeah. kidding. Who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> Got Who em. would do that? Got him. <laughs> I, was, I was literally flabbergasted when you said that. I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, what? So I want to just know, are we going to get into the Hobbs and Shaw discussion now or in a future pod? I think that for our final update here, we should talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. I do have some news. Okay, so everyone here has seen it, right? Or no, no you haven't seen it. I have not. I seen haven't, it. but I, I haven't seen care. it. I might just like take off and let you guys do your thing. Uh, I think we can go. We, so, we're not going to go. Spo- let's not. Okay. Let's do a not a no spoilers. Quick light update. Okay. Yeah. Let, let that that seems reasonable. We don't need to spoil it because I think one of the pieces that I want to get into is so this was we we convinced Chris and Rob. Uh, to as their first 40x movie experience, see it in Hobbs. Or, damn it, see Hobbs and Shaw in 40x. And what is 40x? Four, for? four dicks. Oh boy. Uh, so we we have teed up the 40x. It, this, it is if you don't know, uh, it's this thing Regal is doing, and perhaps other movie chains as well. Uh, the Regal in downtown Seattle has added this thing, which I like to basically refer to as you're going on a Disney World style ride uh, for a movie. Uh, I mean, it's an increased cost. It's probably at least double the normal ticket prices. Um, but I really do frame it as a ride. And so with that, what is your reaction to that piece? Well, let me let me explain it a little bit more. So it's like if you had 2D flat moves, a regular movie, 3D, you have the glasses. The 4D, quote unquote, is like they add other like physical elements like wind rent water they have like moving chair just like literally was a disney world ride mm-hmm. so uh 4dx i think could work if so spoiler i didn't like it for this movie but i liked everything but the moving chair piece mm. and i think that that was just because it was too jarring in this movie like there's a lot of action and they felt like a real need to like just kind of jerk your chair around and not a good manner. So I don't know if it's like whoever set it up didn't have as much of a jarring chair. Like I don't know where the, the like limit where that came from, but overall it, like honestly I thought the action was terrible. And then I was like, after the movie, I'm like, maybe that was just because that chair was bothering me the whole time that was happening. So that that kind of is why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Although I did like the wind. The wind definitely felt good like while you were like in an airplane or while things were happening where there was wind. I thought it was done really well. It's a good extra element, and, yeah. And like the rain was done really well. Like 
we were Jurassic Park and that rain was coming down with you while that like Tyrannosaurus was like out, like that was really good. I feel like it'd be really good for the Lion King, so you could really feel Mufasa getting trampled and dying. <laughs> you would think that. I saw Lion King in 40X. <laughs> I don't know if just because one watching Lion King again just kind of let me down. Okay. Or two, maybe the 40X made it more tolerable, but I just got bored in Lion King. So I don't want to totally derail on that, but like to that, I don't know that it was it was not worth it to see Lion King for me. I, I agree. I mean, Lion King, I, I got bored as well, but the 4DX just made it more pleasurable. Like they put in scents during the movie to make it se- smell what I imagine the Serengeti smells like, um, and like the occasional spritz of water just got you more in tune to a movie that was just hard to keep. Yeah, and 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 so to Chris's thing for this with the action, right? Because we also saw John Wick. So this is the third movie some of us Potters have seen <laughs> in 40x. Some of us are pulling way you. too much money on this. Um, yeah, it's you know I I do question how is this designed or like how do they know how to configure it? And I wonder, you know, with something like surround sound, right? That's part of the movie track. There are people that make the movie that will have a unique exp- or will have that experience be the same in most of the theaters, right? If it's certified. For 40X, I don't know like who's making that. Is it is it sort of like a laser dome, you know, uh, controller person or is it like part of the movie and I don't know. And so I, I do wonder that. The the other update I have is I saw Hobbs and Shaw again. No, uh, I, Tuesday I, evening. I saw you snap at a movie theater and I thought you saw Aladdin. Oh yeah, like the Will Smith snap. <laughs> yeah, no, it was that uh, Will Smith trailer where he's a clone and it's his kid, but oh, it's yeah. him, whatever. Uh, uh, and that that's trailer. where they you made a person out of another person. <laughs> I love that line; <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so I saw it again, and is that a remake of the Seventh Day? <laughs> I don't know. That's Not a great clear. movie. Um, I will say that I and and I, what I don't know is it, is it because I, it's the second time I've seen it. And so I'm, I know kind of what's more happening, but the action scenes were much more enjoyable um, in the non 40x. Um, and I think that like I, I, I saw a lot more, um, and I just felt like I had a better understanding and a more as a to experience the movie as a movie. I felt like it was a better movie experience to see it just in a normal good theater. Whereas, I, but with that said, I had a great time in 40x and would recommend it. But I, th- yeah, it just it's different. It's it's different experience. It's a, it's I, I I come back to like it just feels like you're going on a ride for two hours, mm-hmm. but it's not the equivalent of a movie experience. So James, I have to ask, what motivated you to see the movie again? Uh, so basically, I had already committed to with some uh, friends that uh, wanted to see it. So mm. let's go see it again. Mm. I think that, I guess, on my last thought on the 40x is just too long. Like. An hour of that would have been great. Two hours, 15 minutes, I was done halfway through, and there was no way to turn it off. Right. Like, if I had a turn-off button, I pro- I definitely would have hit it. Yeah, I think that's what we were also saying after, like, John Wick. is like, this 40X thing is, like, it's not like you're reclined in a really comfy chair. Like, it's kind of like you're on a ride, and so it's tiring. It was Like, you're sitting pretty vertically. Like, you're up, right? That you're, like, chair you're in is it. not very comfortable. Yeah, and so I think part of that, too, is, like, I found getting tired towards the end, like when they enter the final scene, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're not done. But when I saw it the second time, I'm like, oh yes, it's the final scene or the final act rather. And I wasn't tired at all. So I don't that know. I, I think 40X is fucking amazing. Uh, Man. It's a fun Disney ride. 
turn into an expensive movie. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing, right? Like I enjoyed both, but in different ways. Like, yeah, I enjoyed no, the I, movie I better yeah. in the standard, but the ride was hella fun. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so my Hobbs and Shaw feelings and thoughts actually are. Uh, I thought the movie was fun. Like the Jason Statham Dwayne Johnson relationship was really was so good. Amazing chemistry and like banter between them was amazing. Like the comedic banter was awesome. And then the actual female lead did really well too. Had great chemistry with both of them. Yep. Love Uh, that character. And then you've got uh, Deadpool just like laying it down. Like let's save the other one because the other one's a bit of a spoiler. So we'll save the other cameo. Deadpool as in Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds is in the movie and he is fucking hilarious he is quite, arguably like one of the best characters in this movie yeah mm. i mean he the thing he's is he's funny that's the thing it's just funny like all of his scenes are his, like hysterical it's been a big year for ryan reynolds ryan reynolds i mean he's only in the movie for like two scenes but he's Jeez, like he's, he's, yeah he's, I mean, i'm not like what he dies oh shit no, no. <laughs> i mean spoiler alert he does not die. <laughs> but uh, maybe but knows? maybe uh but like <laughs> He is stealing those scenes so hard. Like, uh, he definitely overshadows the other uh, cameo in the movie yeah. for me, at least. Uh, but Please don't spoil the other. So cameo. I would definitely recommend it, but I, I definitely would say do not see it in four dicks. <laughs> oh, the other thing for anyone that is going to go see it, there are three post-credit scenes. So Ooh. if you care about that kind of thing, uh, you have to stick around to the very, very end. Yeah. At the end of the very end of the trailers, once the music's done and all that. The third one is nuts. I can't believe they have that last one. But yeah. Uh, I think that's it for us this week. Unless Max is looking at me like he has something to say. How do you guys feel about hashtag justice for Han? I'm over it. Whatever. I mean, I do think they should do something. I would be appreciative. Sure. But like, I, I don't think Shaw will be... I don't think he'll be back in the regular Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. He is not listed on the cast for Fast 9. Yeah. But unless they like continue it past what they've said, I really don't think they're coming back. Ooh, I also have a random other Fast and Furious thing. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez says she would not sign up for 9 unless one of the screenwriters was female. So they did that, and now she's in. Yeah, there's I, they, they've claimed they're only making 9 or 10, so... Yeah, hold your breath on that one. Uh, sure. I feel like Hobbs and Shaw are just on their own franchise now. They'll just make a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. And because Dwayne Johnson and uh, Vin Diesel do not seem like they're going to work together mm. anymore. So I'm optimistic that at some point there will be an Avengers style kumbaya where there's like, what some do you sort mean? What do you think war. Fast Five was? I know. I'm hoping for it again. So, like, I'm thinking fast, they're going to go do fast. a Hobbs and Shaw, like two, three things. There's going to be the Fast 9 and 10, whatever, with Vin and crew. And then, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to bring it back, and there's some kind of endgame. So it's like Avengers is Fast 5. Yeah. And then, like... It's like Avengers and, 1. And, like, Infinity War, you want in, like, 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. Followed <laughs> abruptly by uh, Endgame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some sort of two-parter. Okay. All right. That's it for us this week. You can find us on Facebook.com, on. You can find us on Twitter at HoopWithThisOn. You can email us questions and suggestions at HoopWithThisOn at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys next time.